Investment advisory services provided by Drake & Associates, LLC, a state of Wisconsin registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through a separate company, Loft Financial Advisory Group, LLC, a Wisconsin insurance agency. Clients are under no obligation to purchase any recommended insurance products. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. While we believe the information in the show is reliable, we cannot guarantee its accuracy. Neither Drake & Associates or Loft Financial Advisory Advisory Group accepts any liability for the use of the information discussed. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and are not intended as investment advice or a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Please consult your financial professional before making any investment decision. Before you start planning your retirement party, make sure you've got your retirement plan. You can never be too prepared for life after work, and we're here to help. This is Retirement Ready with Tony Drake on WTMJ. Good afternoon and welcome to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. I'm Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner with Drake & Associates. we got none other than Brad Allen this week. Happy Saturday. Happy, happy Saturday. Great topic this week, Brad. If you have a retirement plan, maybe you're feeling pretty prepared, but a plan is really only the first step in achieving a Achieving, I guess I should say achieving your retirement goal. So I want to talk a little bit about retirement timeline and how to really make sure that a plan, regardless of when you started your plan, make sure that's staying on, on track from a time perspective. And so let, let's talk briefly, Brad, about, you know, how is a retirement timeline different from the plan itself? Yeah, this is a topic we talk about every week, putting a retirement plan together, but it's never too early to create a retirement plan. However, your, your plan at 25 is going to look a lot different than it will at 65. So a retirement timeline is going to help keep you on track as there's certain milestones in life when you need to check in and make adjustments. You can't, you can't just uh, put your retirement on autopilot. So your retirement timeline begins uh, more important. It becomes more important the older that you get and the key ages and stages in life that require changes to your retirement plan. So thinking about buying a house, changing jobs, raising a family, these are all different milestones that require different uh, uh, financial situations. So there's also changes that need to be made uh, as you get older as well. You know, the closer you get to retirement, the more you might want to pull back on the risk a little bit and, and not be as aggressive. So all these things kind of play their part, but that's really what a retirement plan is for. Yeah, I think you brought up risk. I think that's a really interesting topic that we all kind of come to the table at different levels. I always find it interesting, whether it's at one of our classes or maybe we're meeting with a, a couple right in the office or an individual. And, you know, people approach that topic with such different appetites, if you will. You know, mm -hmm. some people I hear quite often, you know, Tony, that risk stuff, the market, been there, done that. I know I might, you know, we're in a fairly strong bull market here still you know one of the longest in, in history and but people say look I know I may be giving up on some potential returns but I'm just at a stage of life I'm not comfortable with that right I like safety I, I know I'm not going to make as much I may be fighting inflation a little bit over time but I just don't want my accounts to lose money at this stage of life and then on the opposite right we have that hard charging investor you know right. that said look I want maximum risk. You know, I understand it's up and down, but I want to see, you know, hefty returns over time. There's going to be down periods, but I know that's all I'm going to average out. And, you know, the question, I guess, begins to poise itself, who's right and who's wrong? And my argument, and this is, you know, a conversation, I, I also get to teach other financial advisors, as you know, all over the country. And 
I think this concept that you have to do things certain ways at certain ages is really a fallacy. Mm-hmm. I think when you have a strong income plan, let's take that really conservative investor. So no matter where we enter this equation of risk, there's going to be pluses and minuses. And the thing we're going to fight with that conservative investor is what we call inflation risk or purchasing power, right? So the downside to these conservative investments is they don't make as much. And are we going to outpace inflation or is inflation going to eat us up over time? But if you happen to be a really conservative investor and you sit down with Brad or myself and we create this income plan for you and we show you, yes, we can keep up with inflation, good market periods, even though we're giving up some of the upside potential, maybe that's the right answer. Or on the flip side, for that really aggressive investor, what we're fighting there is risk, right? I mean, what happens if we go through a downtime period? And there's a lot of illustrations we can look at that show losing big numbers early in retirement can really affect the longevity of our dollar. So now we're balancing that. But again, if we build that in and it's right and it fits what that client's looking for, I think that's what it's about is fitting the client's need. Yeah, I think it's all about the good, the bad, the ugly. If you stress test your portfolio through great periods like last year or through a tough period like 2008, as long as you know what's going to happen to your portfolio through those times, number one, it's going to it's going to be a little bit of a stress relief. So when you're going through these type of periods, you're not as worried about it. You're not as emotional because you've put yourself through it before. But, you know, the big thing is there's no right or wrong to investing. You feel how you feel. Whatever helps you sleep better at night is, is what's important. But the big thing is you want to put it on paper. You want to put it into a plan to make sure that it works in the long term. Yeah, I think just making those educated choices. We talk about being an education firm and first firm, excuse me, and it's just about educating you so you can make the decisions that are appropriate. Just understand if I take the high risk and we go through a down cycle like 2000, 2001, 2002, or the 16-month period around 2008, this is what could happen, and am I okay with that? Right. You know, and again, no judgments, no right or wrong answers, but, you know, are you going to be stressed out or are you going to be enjoying your retirement? Encourage your questions, whether it's related to risk or, or, you know, timelines. You can email those in at radio at wealthwisconsin.com. That's radio at wealthwisconsin.com. We love to address your questions. And after the break, Brad, I want to talk a little bit about these timelines, maybe some different milestones in life and what we can be thinking about when it comes to our retirement plan. You're listening to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. Getting you ready to sail into the sunset. This is Retirement Ready with Tony Drake on WTMJ. Welcome back to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. I'm certified financial planner Tony Drake and, of course, have Brad Allen here this week. And we're talking about retirement plans and retirement timelines and how a plan is really just the first step in a secure retirement, Brad. So when when do you recommend checking in on your retirement timeline and what issues should really be addressed or looked at? Yeah, so there's a few important birthdays that require you to check in. So age 30 uh, is, is one of those uh, birth dates. So it, you want to start increasing your savings at that time. There's no magic number for retirement savings, but a good rule of thumb is to have an equivalent of your annual salary saved by age 30. That includes your contributions to your 401k, any company matching dollars, IRA contributions, investments, and cash in your savings accounts. Whether you've hit that benchmark or not, you need to take advantage of compound interest or the interest you earn on your interest. You know, compounding interest is most beneficial when used over time, and it shows us why it's never too early to start saving for retirement. So, for example, if you put $100 in your savings account each month, 
or $1,200 a year starting at age 33 and earn 1.5% annual interest rate, that savings will turn into nearly $60,000 by age 70. So if you start saving that $100 each month at age 66, the same investment is only worth $5,000. The longer you let your investment sit and earn interest, the better and, and more it's going to grow. Yeah, and I, I think you know that compounding interest is a pretty phenomenal thing, isn't it? I mean, you know, there's so many different studies we can cite and and things we can look at that just show starting early, you know. And I know primarily we focus on the retirement time periods here mm -hmm. on the show, but you know, for if you're talking to your kids or grandkids and this concept of starting really early, even if they have to stop. There's some great data that shows even if they stop for a decade, let's say they get married, they're starting up their family, they just can't afford yeah. it for a while, they're even typically really far ahead mm -hmm. just because they've started so early. You know, so now we get through that decade of the 30s, and now we're in the 40s, and, and you know, by age 40, maybe life you know, may have gotten in the way of a perfect financial plan or a perfect financial picture, maybe bought a house, and again, you're raising that young family, and this is the time to make a plan to really work on that debt, especially that high interest debt. And, you know, I tell clients and their family members to pay off as much of their debt as possible before they retire, right? So start by focusing on the highest interest debt like credit cards. Next area of focus really wants to want to be on student loan debt and auto debt. Mm -hmm. Mortgage debt, generally speaking, is a little bit lower interest, and it can be considered a good debt to take into retirement typically because you you know you should be earning value as that property appreciates and if it's fairly low interest it's not something typically that's very high on the priority to knock out immediately but i really think about what i call the snowball method to eliminating debt and this is a little bit different brad where we always traditionally said just pay off your highest interest rate right but now we're seeing a little bit of a psychological effect so the way this method works is it really helps you to stay motivated while paying off your debt by starting with the smallest debt. So focus a little bit less on the highest interest and more on the smallest debt. And then work your way up to the largest from a balance perspective. So you start by going, again, smallest to largest. Put as much money as you can towards that small debt. While still, of course, you have to always make your minimum payments on the rest. But once that small debt is paid off, then take the payment you were making on that debt and put it towards your next smallest balance. Keep tackling the debt this way, and a lot like a snowball rolling down on a hill, it gets bigger and bigger, and it starts to gain momentum. So the concept here is if you can start, you get that win, right? You get right. that big celebration. I got it paid off. I eliminated a debt. Rather than if you try to tackle a really big one that might take many, many years to, it just feels like you're treading water and yeah. getting nowhere. Where this way, you get that big win at accomplishment. We find psychologically that really drives the process and encourages people to keep going. Yeah, it keeps you going. You know, and then at uh, age 50, you want to start maxing out your retirement account. So by age 50, you've likely been saving a percentage of each of your paychecks into your retirement account. It's time to start ramping up the, the savings rate. Catch up on contributions, kick, it, kick in at age 50. So uh, the 401k, you can put 18500 in this year. But once you turn 50, you can put an extra $6,000 into your 401k. So you can contribute up to 5500 in an IRA this year, an additional 1000 once you hit the age of 50. So another milestone to think about, you can start putting money into those accounts. The other thing to think about 
you know, in your 50s and 60s, you might have kids going into college. One of the things that we always say is, you know, you really want to help the kids out with school and you want to you want to help them uh, pay for college. Student loan debt is huge. But, um, you know, you cannot take out a loan for retirement. They can take out a loan and pay that off the rest of their life for college, but you can't take a loan for retirement. Yeah, that that's for sure. So it's really important to put your retirement first. And after the break, I want to cover a little bit more about some of those. We start to get into crucial time periods where we're really getting to those retirement ages. Really important to think about, you know, what we're doing and how we're preparing for that. You're listening to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. Getting you ready for retirement the right way. This is Retirement Ready with Tony Drake on WTMJ. Welcome back to the Retirement Ready Show. Thanks for spending a little bit of your Saturday afternoon with us. Certainly understand folks have busy schedules, lots to do, but my goal here weekly is to make sure we help educate you, cover some great topics so you can make better choices in your retirement. I'm Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner with Drake & Associates, Brad Allen, Financial Advisor here today, and we're talking about, Brad, some of the timeline issues, you know, retirement plan, what we really want to be thinking about at different periods of life. And we left off, uh, you know, in our mid fifties, let's say age 55. Now's the time period we want to start thinking about longevity. Certainly something that's growing. Folks are living longer and longer. And I think this really plays into that topic that we hear as a big concern for folks is, you know, am I going to outlive my money? Yeah, I mean, the life expectancy for both men and women has increased more than 10% since 2010. So you could live decades into retirement and you don't want to run out, run out of money. You, you know, your life expectancy can be a difficult thing to talk about, but it's important to take this into account to make sure that your retirement plan stays on track. So there's some online calculators out there that can help estimate your longevity, but in reality, there's a lot of factors to consider. You know, your current age, your gender, your health, your family history, just to name a few. So you want to sit down with your financial professional and, you know, just talk about your current health and, and your expected longevity. I think that's an important conversation to have when you're thinking about Social Security as well. You know, Social Security is one of those things that goes up every year. You don't take it. It goes up 6% from 62 to 66 and 66 to 70. It starts going up 8% per year. So when you're talking about a guaranteed income stream in retirement and you're talking about longevity, the more money coming in throughout those years could be really important. So you want to sit down with a financial professional and figure out which Social Security strategy or or how long should you wait and and what makes the most sense there for you. Yeah, I think Social Security is a big issue. We kind of talk about that income stool in retirement and, you know, that income stool, how we generate our income is really derived from pension for those of us who are you know, fortunate enough to have it. I think right. we're, we're both seeing fewer and fewer pensions out there nowadays. Mm-hmm. There was a big shift many years ago to go from these kind of defined benefit to what's called a defined contribution plan. And some of the big changes were, you know, in your contribution or your 401k style plan. Now the earnest to contribute was on the employee versus the employer. And probably another substantial change was the fact that the employee had to make the investment choices. And sure. Not not everybody. I, I think you and I are fortunate enough to meet a lot of people that spent a lot of time educating themselves and did well in their 401ks, but many folks felt overwhelmed by this, and statistically, their returns really dropped, mm-hmm. right? Most people don't do very well from a return perspective in their 401ks, so not only is the, the burden to put the money in on the employee, but also the investment or sometimes poor investment choices fell on the employee's shoulders. So 
you know, that that is a kind of a dying breed. But the second leg, as you mentioned, is a social security. And there's so many ways, literally hundreds of ways to turn that on. And, and with the third leg being a nest egg, you know, if we can maximize social security, that means when we look at our total income need, a higher percentage is being met by social security. Maybe another percentage is being met by pension. If we can get more met by those two legs of our income stool, then we don't have to take as much out of the nest egg. That means our money lasts a lot longer. And then taxes come into that scenario as well. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we have this new tax bill. And if we can take advantage of some opportunities, you know, taxes on some levels are on sale for eight years. If we can take advantage of that to some levels, then we can help control our tax brackets for years. And that's the topics we're going to be talking about, too, here at our upcoming classes. So folks can see that schedule at WealthWisconsin.com. That's WealthWisconsin.com. You can see the upcoming schedule classes. You can register right online. But we're talking specifically about required minimum distributions, how to handle those, or some ways to maybe avoid that if you don't want the taxable income, how to maximize Social Security, and how to really implement some of the changes. You know, I think there has been so much talk about this new tax bill right right and, and everybody understandably i think is thinking what's in it for me you know what changes does this mean can i do long form am i just going to use the standard deduction what bracket am i going to fall into what percentage what effective rate you know a lot of really really good questions that we have to sort through but for some people it's going to create an opportunity to do things like maybe a roth conversion mm -hmm. that's a very misunderstood animal but for some folks, if we're fortunate enough to meet you in your 50s or 60s, there could be some great things we could do before the later years in retirement that really help control our tax brackets. But not enough people are looking at that. I think they're just concerned with the tax bill today versus how does it control my bracket for the decades to come. So those are the type of topic, topics we're going to recover. Again, you can see that schedule at wealthwisconsin.com, or you can always call the office at 414 409 7226 that's 414-409-7226 after the break brad let's talk a little bit more about social security strategies and then once we hit our 70s how do we deal with required minimum distributions you're listening to the retirement ready show on wtmj preparing you for the ultimate vacation here's more of retirement ready with tony drake on wtmj you're listening to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. I'm certified financial planner Tony Drake with Brad Allen this week, talking about some of the different stages as we approach retirement and some of the, I think, the big topics that folks should think about. And now we come across, you know, this age of 62 and suddenly, you know, folks can start Social Security. And I think there's this probably never ending debate that goes on, you know, about, you know, what should I do? When should I turn it on? And it, it's a topic, Brett, at least I find and I find clients get pretty frustrated because there's not a lot of great resources on, on how to determine when to start it. And, you know, Social Security started roughly what year, Brad? Uh, about 1935. 1935 and back in 1935 you could start it at you could start at 62 at 62 and in the 30s the average life expectancy is about uh 65 oh geez yeah. so, so <laughs> you know it's no wonder we're having issues uh you know uh, joking a little bit but but you know if you think about it you know we're living longer so mm -hmm. back then you could start it at 62 but on average people were living three years in retirement after they started social security so you know, we have these solvency issues. How long is Social Security going to last? How long am I going to last? You know, what's my right. longevity? You know, am I going to live, 
you know, to the average for men in my early 80s? Am I going to live to 90s or 100? And that can play a big part. Um, and we also got a question. Sometimes the questions folks come in don't necessarily line up with our topic of the week, and that's okay. We always, any question you have, we encourage you to send those in to radio at wealthwisconsin.com. That's radio at wealthwisconsin.com. But, Brad, I got an interesting question this week that lines up perfectly with this time period when we're talking about our 60s and and to age 70 in retirement. Mm -hmm. And and she wrote in, why wouldn't I take Social Security right away? I assume she's meaning at 62, the early retirement. And and her concern is, you know, will will it really be there long term? and, And how do I get my mind around that issue? Yeah, maybe a little skeptical on on how long Social Security is going to last. And rightfully so. You hear all these different news articles out there that say, you know, they can only fund Social Security until uh, 2034. And then it goes down to 39 or 79 cents on the dollar. And that scares a lot of people. You want to get the most out of the money you put in there your entire working career. So I understand where you're coming from. Um, Taking Social Security at 62, you're going to lock yourself into about 75% of what your full benefit would be. Um, Not that that's a wrong answer for you, but you want to put it together in a retirement plan. You want to see how does it work with everything else. You know, maybe you're a married couple and one spouse wants to take Social Security later on down the road and get much uh, as much growth out of it as possible. What happens with the survivor benefit for Social Security is the higher of the two Social Securities is the one that stays. So oftentimes I'll have one spouse take it right away, the other one wait as long as possible to get that survivor benefit up. So there's all sorts of uh, spousal benefits that might still be available for for a, a couple. There's all sorts of things out there that you can do to get money in the meantime, but not you know just take your own benefit right away. So you know it's just something you want to sit down with a financial professional at Drake and Associates when we put that retirement plan together. Social Security is a big part of that. If you haven't taken it yet and you want to see out of the five. 500 different ways you can take it. What is the the one that, that works best for our family? That's something that we can uh, type into our program. It'll, it'll, it'll show you what is mathematically the most you can get versus if you took it right away and how much would you be giving up in between. And that way we can give you an answer on, on what makes the most sense for you and how does it work with the rest of your overall plan. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's a neat part about, you know, when you kind of approach it from this concept of education first where, you know, you come in, no cost or obligation, you know, Brad will create that Social Security report for you. And then we can start to dive in. We can plug it in, right? I mean, there's going to be a mathematical answer that says if you both live to life expectancy or later and our goal is to get the most dollars and pennies out, you know, X, Y, and Z is the right strategy. And it can get complicated, but Brad will print that for you, make it real easy for you. But then some people emotionally just say, great info, Tony. Don't know if I'm going to live that long. Don't know if it's going to be here. Tomorrow. I'm healthy now. I want to travel my early 60s. I'm taking it at 62. Well, now we can just plug the numbers in. We can stress test it, take your income plan through good market periods, bad market periods, and say, yeah, even though we end up with a little bit less dollars if we live long, you know, it's still okay. We're not at a very high percentage of risk of running out of money or, 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 you know, kind of running into some of those end-of-life issues we get concerned about. So then you can decide, do I want to make the emotional decision and just enjoy it now and touch less less of my nest egg? Or do I want to assume I'm going to live to life expectancy and go for the most dollars? So generally, there's a mathematical answer. But if you want to make the emotional answer, that's okay. It's not coming from a place of judgment, but let's make that with facts and figures so you know the impact it's going to have. And then at least you feel like you're making the right decision for your family. So those are the kind of things we're going to provide for folks that want to come in 
no cost or obligation. We can sit down, create this income plan for them, look at the Social Security, plug in some of the facts and some of the what-ifs that, you know, that, that happen in retirement. So we'll cover that and more after the break. You're listening to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. Answering all of your retirement questions on Retirement Ready with Tony Drake on WTMJ. Welcome back to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. I'm Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner with Drake & Associates. You can visit us at WealthWisconsin.com. Joined by Brad Allen at the website. We always have the schedule of upcoming classes. I know a lot of folks have been trying to get into those. Brad, help get educated, really make themselves feel prepared, whether you're rapidly approaching retirement or maybe you're in retirement want to make sure that your plan is sound those classes can be an excellent way Mm -hmm. to really get a checkup if you will and and maybe learn a couple things you might not have thought about to really make sure your 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 plan is sound um you can also hear the uh past shows a lot of folks like to go back and listen to those and you can download those podcasts and take a look at those but this week we're talking about some different time periods in retirement and I think folks are always concerned about that and thinking about, you know, what should I be thinking about in different decades of life when, you know, I'm working on my, my retirement plan, trying to build my income plan, addressing that, you know, I, I think so many of the issues come down to that main question of longevity risk. Do I have enough money? Am I going to be okay? And, you know, that takes us to, to the magical year of 70 and a half. What happens uh, in that decade, Brad? The RMDs, Required, the RM- minimum, distrib- <laughs> required minimum Distributions, starts at 70 and a half. Uh, you need to have a plan for RMDs because a large distribution could bump you into a higher tax bracket and uh, maybe even higher premium level for Medicare. You know, your RMDs are from your traditional 401k or traditional IRAs, the the tax-deferred accounts. So they're taxed as regular income, pushing you into a higher tax bracket. And, you know, more often than not, we see a lot of people in retirement that are in a higher tax bracket in their 70s uh, than they were when they were working sometimes. You know, you think about maybe you have a pension, maybe you've maxed out Social Security, uh, and now the government's making you take out a certain amount of your, your tax-deferred accounts, and that could push you into a pretty high tax bracket. So there are strategies for taking RMDs that will keep the, the money out of, the, out of your Medicare and taxable income calculators, like tax-free transfers to charity. We talk about qualified charitable distributions, things like that. Uh, if you fail to take your RMDs on time, the IRS is going to hit you with a pretty hefty penalty. What is that penalty? So they, the penalty is fifty percent of what you should have taken out. Wow! Uh, and it's important, you know. You now hold on. Let, sorry to interrupt, but let me clarify because I think people hear that fifty percent. So it's a explain that fifty percent. So fifty percent penalty plus the amount that you were supposed to take out initially. Okay. Right. So it's a it's a it's a pretty big penalty that uh, you don't want to have to to endure. Yeah, that is a pretty ugly penalty. You know, it's important to revisit your RMDs with your financial professional not only once you hit seventy and a half, but we talked about Roth conversions. You know, that could be a huge strategy. Um, early on in retirement or even before you retire when you're still working if you're in a tax bracket doing some Roth conversions and starting to get money out little by little out of your out of your tax deferred accounts and into a tax free account a Roth you know that could save you some some pretty big tax bills down the road yeah and I think there's a huge opportunity with this new tax bill you know if you think about it you know the tax cuts for individuals are really as it's written only an eight-year reprieve could change but as it's written it's only an eight-year reprieve so Think of it that taxes are on sale for eight years. And this concept, 
if you think about the different tax brackets as buckets, it's what I call bracket bumping. And the concept is if your income only fills the 12% bucket halfway, why not do a Roth conversion to fill up that bucket the rest of the way? I would argue 10, 12, 14% is a pretty low rate to pay to get your pre-tax dollars out, converted over to a Roth, now growing income free, coming out tax free. Right. Does that mean a larger tax bill today? Yes. In often cases it does, but it may mean much, much lower taxes long term especially if we could do some of those conversions pre-70 and a half when we hit the required minimum distribution age that Brad's talking about, you know, because now it also affects taxability of our Social Security. So oftentimes it's not just a one-faceted approach. Oftentimes these changes can really hit us from a couple different areas because Social Security is taxable based on your income. Well, if you have big IRA balances or retirement account balances, at 70 and a half, we start taking those RMDs. That's taxable income. That pushes us up that formula. That means more of our Social Security is taxed. Up to 85% of it mm-hmm. can be included for taxation. So if we think about some of these tax strategies ahead of time and really plan for them, not only can it mean tax-free income later, but it also could mean that I get to keep more of my Social Security unless it goes to Uncle Sam, which, again, circling all the way back to that big question means... I don't have to take as much out of my nest egg because I don't have to feed Uncle Sam. On my Social Security, I get to keep more of it with less going to Uncle Sam. That means I have to get to take less out of the nest egg, which, of course, means my money lasts a lot longer. Really important question. So I want to explore that concept a little bit more, Brad, You know, answering that big question, do I have enough money? Am I going to be okay in some of the strategies when it comes to RMDs? You're listening to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. Walking you through your retirement plan. Here's more of Retirement Ready with Tony Drake on WTMJ. Welcome back to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. I'm Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner with WealthWisconsin.com. We have Brad Allen here, and we're talking about kind of different stages in life and, and how to accomplish that. But first and foremost, I just want to thank everybody. We appreciate you listening in. We know you have a lot of choices, and our goal each and every week is to educate you so you can make better educated decisions when it comes to your retirement. It can be a really overwhelming time, and probably, Brad, one of the things I've learned the most and least anticipated, I guess, was what a difficult transition this can be for people. I think we all see the movies and the commercials, and you have the 120-year-old couple riding horses on the beach in Hawaii. I guess now they'd be jumping over lava nowadays. But, um, you know, we get these, uh, my point is we get these really romanticized images, and, you know, it's difficult to uh, sometimes drill down and talk about the financial topics or talk about some of the hard health care you know, end-of-life topics that are really an important part of a plan. But, you know, we're focused today. We, we just talked about required minimum distributions and some of the tax consequences. And, I, you know, it, it makes me think a little bit. You know, I'm such a big fan of the Roth IRA. Mm-hmm. And I think at some point, I, I almost said fallacy, but I think that word's too strong. But, you know, we're kind of sold this concept that while you're working, you're in this high tax bracket. So put everything into the pre-tax accounts because you get the deduction now. So if you're working, you have an employer-sponsored plan, those contributions go in pre-tax. Or if you're contributing on your own, say, to a SEP IRA or a traditional IRA, 
those go in and then at tax time you get the deduction off your income so that always feels good right the accountant sure. says hey if you put that six thousand or five thousand in right now i'm going to save you x amount of dollars on your tax bill this year and you say you know as americans we live for the moment right let's do it right now and have a savings today but are we better off sometimes paying a little bit more in taxes right now? Because I, you know, I've met so many folks, Brad, they come out to our classes and they say, you know, I bought into this concept, but I didn't think, you know, I just really didn't have the opportunity to think this through ahead of time. But here I am 70. Mm -hmm. So I've decided to delay my social security, right? From, from a full retirement age to 70, it grows at 8%. An 8% guarantee. That's pretty tough to beat, right? So, we delayed our Social Security to 70, so I have this new income stream that's now potentially taxable. And then six months later, I turn 70 and a half, and Uncle Sam comes knocking, and I have to pay required minimum distributions. Another taxable income source. Now I'm potentially in a higher tax bracket than I was when I was working. Yeah, and it's never too late to, to think about tax strategies. Again, you could do a, you know, when, when RMD time comes around, you could do a, a qualified charitable distribution, which means you can take the amount that uh, you give to a charity or church per year, and you can have the custodian of your IRA send that uh, check directly to the charity. That counts as an RMD for you for the year, but it doesn't it hurt you in tax-wise. Tax so there are things you can do after 70 and a half, but really looking ahead of 70 and a half and, and from the time you retire to the time you turn 70 and a half you could do a lot in that period of time and we we put it in a plan and it, sometimes it's hundreds of thousands of dollars difference just with the tax strategy yeah i think taxes are probably one of the most uh overlooked issues in a retirement plan and and maybe because it's, it's some of my peers or students that i teach it's just a complicated topic it requires a lot of continuing education I go to weeks of continuing education every year just on taxes, but, you know, it's so important. You know, folks come in, we talk about fees and average rates of return, and, you know, yeah, sometimes we can align your risk a little bit better. Maybe we can carve out some of the fees. Maybe you can squeak out a little bit better return without taking on a lot more risk, but taxes are usually the area where there can be the most mm -hmm. improvement as far as the longevity of your dollars, answering that question, do I have enough money, am I going to be okay, and that's really been the topic of a lot of our classes recently, and I apologize. We had some classes here in June that filled up very quickly, and I know some people on the waiting list weren't able to get in. We always do our best to try to accommodate everybody, but you can visit our website at wealthwisconsin.com. That's wealthwisconsin.com. You can see the upcoming classes, but the topics we've been on recently really are this issue of longevity. And how does Social Security and the hundreds of strategies available, how do I figure that out? How do I tackle this issue of requirement minimum distributions? Are there things I can do ahead of time? Do I just wait and start to take that out? Are there ways to reduce the taxability of that? And then this new tax bill, what's the consequences of it? And, and I think as you brought up, what are some things I can do to take advantage of this new tax code and really set myself up for potentially decades and decades to come where I, can, I might have to pay a little bit more in taxes now, but maybe I pay ta less taxes in the long run, and that means my money lasts a lot longer, and I either have more to spend or I pass on a much greater legacy as far as the amount of dollars that are left later in life. So mm -hmm. love for folks to join us. You can visit the website, see the upcoming course schedule, or you can call us at 414-409-7226. That's 414 409 7226. As always, we appreciate you spending some time with us. We hope you picked up something new. 
Thank you for listening to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. The preceding was a paid program. Advice and opinions expressed during Retirement Ready are solely that of the hosts or guests of Drake & Associates and not WTMJ Radio or Scripps Media Incorporated.